89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS, FM, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, coming to you live here from the WGLS production studio for this Monday edition of Offsides, back here on Monday, September the 18th, the year of our Lord, 2023, 5.04 p.m. here in Glassboro. Uh, I am Aaron Hook, your host of Offsides on Mondays uh, throughout this fall semester, um, second official show of the semester, so excited to be back after week two of NFL action wraps up tonight with a couple of games on Monday Night Football. We'll get into all that, recap the weekend, um, but first, uh, I've got to tell you who I'm here with. i got Sam Prince to my left, Nick Rizzo to my right, and uh, guys, thanks for coming in and uh, talking uh, a lot of football, but also some other stuff as well with me here on this Monday. Uh, always cool, I think, now that I've got the Monday slot locked in. It's going to be fun going forward knowing that we're going to get to discuss uh, the Sunday slate and look ahead to the Monday night game, or in this case, games, uh, going forward for pretty much you know the entire fall. Yeah, so. it's definitely a nice time slot. It's kind of right after the Sunday slate, but like you said, still get to preview some more football action. So yeah, I definitely agree. Monday is the time to be on offsides. Yes, it is. And you know, we're also pr- talking about the Giants' victory today. <laughs> We are, we uh, are. So two of our, two of the three people in this room had their teams win yesterday, or I just this week. Eagles won back on Thursday. Um, Jets and Giants, complete opposite ends of the spectrum yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we we can start. I think really when you look at the um, the slate from yesterday, the Giants comeback uh, in Glendale has to be probably the biggest story to come out of the afternoon games yesterday. Um, you know, with the Sunday night game being a, being a pretty close one in the end between Miami uh, and New England, but you look at the rest of these games, and you know, you had a couple of them going to overtime. Uh, but yeah, I think the Giants to be down twenty nothing at half. And <laughs> I know Sam has been excited to talk about this <laughs> since uh, the final whistle yesterday, but uh, and I know you're going crazy as well. I can just see it in my head. But I mean, it just. I mean, what kind of thrill was that for the Giants to be down 20 nothing at half to go sit straight quarters to open the year without scoring and then put on 31 points in the second half? Miracle comeback for the Giants to get to 1-1. One one. Well, guys, the first two quarters of that game yesterday against the Cardinals was embarrassing for Giants fans. You couldn't score a single point against the worst team in all football, the Arizona Cardinals, let alone at a point in the game you were down 21 points. You came back. You scored 31 points. Brian Dable took control of play calling, and he said, nope, no, 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 no more. Kafka, I'm the one who's calling the plays. And Danny Dimes, you know what? He was playing like Danny Penny's the first six quarters of the season. And you got to hand it to him, 50-plus rushing yards on the ground, 321 passing yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and one interception. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, definitely one of Daniel Jones's, I would say, better games uh, of his career for sure yesterday. Um, again, he was efficient down the stretch. He was really locked in uh, on that last drive with the touchdown to Hodgins to put the Giants ahead for good. Um, yeah, Jones looked really poised. I mean, again, over 300 yards, couple of touchdowns. And he did use that athleticism, uh, you know, over six yards per rush, gets in for a touchdown as well. Now, Saquon Barkley, there was a little bit of a stare with him in this game. He came off the field um, for how how long was it even, Sam? Was it he he series? literally got injured the last two plays of the game. Mm-hmm. He's going to miss three weeks. It's suffered an ordinary ankle sprain in Sunday's win against the Cardinals. I it's just like it was literally a soul for a soul. You won, but your best player got injured. I mean, look. It could, it looked way worse when it first happened, though. I thought he was out going to be out for the season. So thankfully, it's just but out a couple. It's of like weeks. okay, do you keep him out the extra week just to be precautionary, or do you rush him back? No, definitely need to take precaution here. I I agree, but you know Saquon's going to want to play right away. 
You got this week, Thursday night. He's definitely not playing. Definitely. Not next week is a Monday night football against the against the Seattle Seahawks. So especially with high ankle sprains, like they tend to linger. So you definitely need to take precaution. Your best offensive weapon. Saquon's also looking for a new contract this offseason. I think we need to start thinking about that. Joe Shane and the Giants are probably not going to sign him because every single season except his rookie season and last season, he has been injured and has not played every single game. Yeah, he's, I mean, obviously someone who has dealt with especially lower body injuries in the past. So, yeah, to see Saquon come off the field and and for it to kind of happen as suddenly as it did, obviously, um, was a bit scary. And, you know, a three-week diagnosis with the chance to to play in that Monday night game potentially when you have the extra day. Um, Giants obviously again on the short week uh, coming up in week three. They'll open up on uh, Thursday night. Um playing against uh, San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, I, the Giants, man. Honestly, I, and it was a, a win that was – and this game was kind of a must-win. And especially, I mean, to be outscored 60 nothing mm-hmm. up until halftime of this game, um, if the Giants went down like this to the Cardinals in blowout fashion, um, <sighs> even if they made the attempt to come back and they couldn't finish it off, it would have been a terrible loss. I mean, you know, the Cardinals were at home and – you have to hand it to Arizona's offense. They've looked better than I think people have expected, but oh yeah, at the same time, it's they, they have. But Jonathan Gannon is such an awful head coach, and yes, he's only played two games. How do you lose a twenty-one point lead to the New York Football Giants, who didn't score a point for six straight quarters? I think his guys are definitely invested, though. They look like they're playing hard out there. They do play, and hard. they've been in close games both weeks, so. And But just another thing about the Giants, obviously the comeback win, very impressive, but specifically to start the second half because obviously you have that big strike to Hyatt to open up the second half, score that quick touchdown, but then the defense on the next possession, they get the interception that gets called back by a penalty. So that just halts all momentum you have right there. Then the Cardinals wind up scoring a touchdown on that drive going up 21 I think it says something. Dable has these guys invested ever since last season. I think he's a great head coach, and he doesn't really have much to work with with his roster. I mean, most people would say that the Giants roster as a whole is probably towards the bottom of the league. But Dable, he's had him playing well for last year, and now just to bounce back from that after the bad start in the first half and the slow start in the second half as well, I think that says something. Uh, I think it was important for them, you mentioned Jalen Hyatt, to kind of unlock him in this game because – Again, you know, the supporting cast, I mean, obviously you bring in Darren Waller to be your, your number one, quote-unquote, as that tight end. Um, and then you have, you know, a guy like Hyatt, who you picked early, um, hoping that he'll become that sort of number one. And he does have that long tax for 58 yards, two for 89 in this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the other guys around him are not, you know, top-tier supporting cast guys, although – you know, a, a mix of Darius Slayton and, again, Isaiah Hodgins, who catches the go-ahead touchdown, uh, and, and a couple other guys in there, as long as Saquon out of the backfield doing his thing in the receiving game. You know, Daniel Jones does have guys that he can work the ball around to, Sam, and I, I think you saw that in this game. I mean, he got the ball to a lot of different guys who, who he trusts to make plays, and um, that Giants defense as well. I mean, to hold Arizona to eight points in, in the second half, um, you know, kept him in the game, and they did not get to Josh Dobbs at all in this game. No sacks for the Giants, but when they needed to make plays, and you know, especially through the air defending the pass, uh, they certainly did. So the Giants got a big win, obviously. Yeah, they did. And also to point out, the Giants only had two three and outs all day, and as was on the last two, two out of three drives. But you got gotta admit, this team showed great at the end. But a lot to work with that on the defense. Look. There's a sloppy defense. You should you should you should have a sack. You should have a turnover. This team hasn't had a sack or a turnover yet this year. That's embarrassing. Wow, they didn't they didn't sack Dak once either? Not to my knowledge. Wow. Yeah, hey, that's... but you, you guys kind of saved your season with that win, though, because a blowout yeah, but, loss to Arizona, you yeah, could have went but, in the but tank. But the Giants should have blown them. It should not have been that close. Wow. It it should they should have dominated. Maybe, per, maybe you have to think the Giants going in maybe underestimated the Cardinals a little I, bit, but you know I, the the bounce back is definitely impressive. 
No, and I, I, I can report they are all pumped on the team, but you just gotta, you just gotta think, stack on those wins, get one win at a time. Yeah, I mean, and the Giants' schedule. I mean, it's, it's brutal. Certainly not easy. Uh, how about up. the Jets' schedule, Aaron? It's pretty bad too. Yeah, I know, but I mean, if we're talking about Big Lou here, you got to go on the road at San Fran, who right now, I mean, could or probably are looking like the best team in the league. They are. Um, then you have the host Seattle. That's no dimmy. Then you go to Miami, who's 2-0, and at Buffalo, host the Commanders, who and are 2-0. And, and that's at the Bills. That's yep. in Buffalo, Saturday Night Football. It's in Buffalo. You're going to that game. I, I, mo- yeah. 99% will be there. All right. Pending, well. uh, the ticket pri- pending the airfares. Airfare? Why don't you just drive? I, I got class and I, I got class by anymore. I, I don't uh, want to drive eight hours from here. The academic weapon, Sam Prince. All right, we'll eight hours? Would you guys rather always eight? in the books? Look respect. for 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 your Giants. You know, I thought you were I thought you were a super fan. I thought you would do anything. I probably will be there no matter what. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, no, but it, uh, I think Seattle is winnable. I'm not saying they're gonna win. I I think Washington's the only game you can look at the schedule. You can say. They could have a chance to win. But without your best offensive weapon, you can't really look at any of those games and confidently say, oh, we're going to we're going to win this game. But Rizzo, even with Saquon, I wasn't being confident yeah, saying they're yeah. going to win the game. Yeah, it's just I mean, th- that's just a brutal stretch right there. It, it truly schedule makers did you no favor. But then there. you guys are going to have to do the same thing on the end. Yeah, but I, I would prefer because it's like mid to late season where we enter the gauntlet. And, you know, early season, iron out the edges a little bit. Hopefully we'll be at our top game by the time we get to the San Francisco's and the Kansas City's and teams like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Aaron, the Jets have the same kind of schedule. No, I know. Yeah, the the Jets certainly don't have it easy. But And speaking of yesterday's game, I, I thought Zach Wilson was going to be the answer yesterday, I, according to some Jets fans. You guys will be fine. We'll beat Dallas. They're not that good. Well, okay, I don't think anyone was saying Dallas isn't that good. I mean, maybe the Jets fans that you're hanging out with, but like you, I was. Well, I never said that, and I was, I was very concerned going into this game because obviously Dallas's defense is top tier, and Michael Parsons just, I mean, is unblockable, and that showed yesterday. Dwayne Brown on the left side of the offensive line, he, I mean, it's just like Evan Neal. I really don't want to see him again. Dwayne Brown. It's just I like Evan he Neal. was very not good. And I get it's Micah Parsons, but didn't look good against um, Buffalo either. The Jets offensive line is, is a is a problem. And Dallas exposed that yesterday. I mean, Wilson, you know, I, I don't think he was awful. I mean, the three pits will tell you otherwise, but like, I think he was better than his numbers show. He has the long touchdown to Garrett Wilson. I, I don't really have much to say about this game. It was just very just bad. It was typical. It's the typical Jets on the road, just not really showing up. But um, those Jets fans showed up in Dallas. Yeah, okay. I mean, for what? They were probably out of the stadium by by halftime. I mean, Would you go? Would I go? Yeah. What do you mean? Would I go to Dallas? Yeah, for a Jet game? Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't have any plans to right now. But Obviously, the Cowboys' defense had their way with the offense. Yeah. Uh, that's to be expected with Zach Wilson at quarterback. But – I thought the defense actually played pretty well, and they got put in some tough spots in the second half. Yeah, they they did, and specifically after that Parsons fumble recovery. I I think the defense it wasn't one of their better games. They 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 did all right. I mean, really, you couldn't you just couldn't really stop C D Lamb, and, and Gardner, that was and the thing was Gardner wasn't even on C D for the yeah, entire game. Why was yeah. that? They don't for some reason they don't let him play both sides. Yeah. Why? It's either if, if CD's going to line up on the right side or the bottom of the screen, it's going to be DJ Reed on it, which I so, don't understand. So what you yeah. do, you just pass to the receiver that sauce is not on. Exactly. I'm well, a big yeah, believer that CD Lamb that was 75 percent of the time yesterday, which is annoying because he's really good. Yeah, <laughs> your your lockdown guy needs to shadow the other team's best receiver at all times. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that was consensus. No, I mean, yeah. talk, talk, Aaron, you should talk to the Jets about that. Not to Robert Sala. <laughs> well, apparently. I mean, I, I thought the coaching yesterday for the Jets was bad, offensively and defensively. Um, so I mean, the defense, yeah, they didn't play an awful game. I mean, 30 points. Uh, you don't want to see that. Dak was um, just 
Yeah, I think, what did he complete? His, per, his first 13 passes in a yeah. row? Like, I, I mean, they were just carving you up in the short game, mostly. Yeah. Dak did his thing. CD, 11 catches for 143 yards. Okay, can, can we just all agree on this? That Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in football? Oh, without Yeah, right question. now I think he is. Yeah. Without question. I would say so. And, and they said it yesterday on the broadcast. He's he's got a case to be the just no, best player, I no. think. How that man fell to 11 in the draft. Well, I'll tell you I why. Well, know. the Giants should have drafted him. Well, I'll tell you. No, fell to t- I'm sorry. He fell to 12. You know, Dave Gettleman just didn't want to draft Michael Parsons because he had character problems. Well, yeah, there was that thing uh, about him at Penn State, but I mean, Dowen is undeniable. So, all right, Jets lose thirty to ten. Um, you know, about five minutes or so. I, there were a lot of interesting games over the weekend. I thought oh, yeah. Green Bay and Atlanta was one that was a one point game. It's a great. That game. was like a sneaky interesting one there. And these are two teams that I think are really going to be fun to watch because Jordan Love throws for three more touchdowns and. The Packers offense, I, I think just to see kind of a new version of it has been really cool. Um, but Atlanta, man, I mean, B. John Robinson is ridiculous. He is so, so explosive. Okay, you could say he's the second-best running back in the NFL behind CMC. He is so good. And the, Like, the some of the plays he was making yesterday, just his ability to break tackles, just get his speed in open space. I mean, you could truly see through two games why he was considered the best running back prospect since Saquon. Yeah, and I could. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I, I personally only watched his game on Red Zone, but seeing Robinson just all throughout that game on Red Zone, he was unstoppable. And it's clear that Arthur Smith is going to make him the focal point of that offense. Yeah. Well, if anyone drafted him in fantasy, clap it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously as a rookie to be a projected top ten fantasy player. You knew that they were going to feed him the rock, and I mean, so he did twenty three total touches yesterday. 124 yards on the ground, 48 more through the air. Um, Drake London catches a touchdown in this game, needed that for fantasy after he got blanked <laughs> in week one, zero yeah. points. Well, but. now it's official per Rapshi mm. breaking Giants running back Saquon Barkley considered week-to-week with an ankle sprain out versus 49ers. Okay. I mean, so we, I, I think the target for him is to play against Seattle. You I think, think the target should be Buffalo. Buffalo the week after? Two weeks after, I want yeah. I want him rested. Well, Seattle is what? That's that's it's Monday Night Football. Seattle is two weeks from today. Yeah, they play him, right? Yeah, yeah. So not this upcoming week, but the week after. Yeah, that should be when Saquon should aim to play for now. Two whole weeks. I, I I keep him out an extra week personally. Yeah, I just look check in on him and see where he's at. I mean, he's gonna play that Monday Night Football. Yeah, I think he should. That should be the target for him to come back. But so. back back to the Giants conversation about the tough schedule. I mean, it, you guys really you need to start playing well like very soon because if you start off one and five, one and six, two and six, could definitely go into the tank very soon. Yeah, and and uh, Caleb Williams, New York <laughs> Giant next year. It, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, there's really no point in this schedule where it gets easy. At all, I would say. I mean, you play the Eagles, too, the three last weeks. But the Eagles, the last game, they'll be resting all their starters because they've clinched a playoff spot. Not, not if the East is still open, though. Oh. Yeah, if, if Dallas is right there for the division, they're not resting any starters. They better rest a starter. That's my birthday. I want to see a win. <laughs> they're not giving you a present. Um, Could you imagine if the Eagles lose to the Giants on my birthday, how happy I would be? If the uh, Eagles, that, oh, well, I mean. That would be good for you, yeah. That, that would be <laughs> Well, it not not it would be hard to replicate that feeling of your team beating your rival on your birthday. Um, before we go to break, how about Cincinnati? Owen two now. They will be fine. They're Owen two last year, and they went to the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow will be fine. I don't know. They don't. I think that calf injury is lingering a little bit for Burrow. They don't look the same. Joey B has not come out and like. Lit the world on fire like a lot of people thought he would. You know? The report came out today too of Zach Taylor saying Burrow his calf is still tight. So Ooh. and he didn't commit to Burrow playing next week either on Ooh. Monday Night Football. Yeah, so that could spell some serious problems for Cincy. Obviously, you go to zero two, they lose a division game to Baltimore um, Ravens. Like we expected, you know, run the ball pretty well in this game, but Lamar. Um, pretty good game throwing the ball. 24-33, two touchdowns, 237 yards. Um, 
Mark Andrews, 5 for 45, and a touchdown. Nelson Adelore, that's a name, 5 for, yeah. for 63 and a touchdown. Leading receiver for Baltimore in this game. Zay Flowers, 4 for 62. I think, you know, Bijan is probably, if he keeps this up, going to run away with offensive rookie of the year. Zay Flowers, he could be right there. He could be, he'd be well, number two. So yeah. Speaking about Burrow's calf, according to James Palmer from NFL Network, quote, being in the Bengals locker room post game, it was obviously a dejected group. But from the conversations I had, it wasn't because they are zero and two. It's because players are worried about Joe Burrow's calf could be a lingering issue, thus hurting their chances of getting out of the hole they're in. Quote. Yeah, I mean, if you start zero and two and then Joe Burrow goes down, that could be it right there. Honestly, yeah. and for a team as good as Cincinnati is, that would. Uh, that would obviously be a shame, but I mean, you know, twenty-seven, twenty-four, the hang around in this game, but to get, okay. you know, blown out by the Browns and the bad weather, it's just been two weeks of, you know, it's just nothing has really gone right for them. I was talking about this with one of my friends last night. Who's the favorite in the NFL to win the Super Bowl? You guess, I mean, it's, it's got to be San Fran, right? San, or, or or the Eagles. It's, it's either the Eagles or the Niners. Yeah. I was I was gonna say at this moment probably San Fran, just because they have the combination of the elite roster and also they've looked one of the best in the NFL so far. And who's the favorite of the AFC? Personally, I'm still taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. They they yeah. just have the continuity, and you Damn. know you know come playoff time, Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey, they're all gonna lock in. We'll see. Week two. Wrapping up tonight with two Monday Night Football games. We'll uh, break down both of those matchups when we get back. We're going to take a quick break here on Offsides. And quickly, we have to check the WGLS community calendar. Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com. Or visit online at glassboroughfoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. We're source for community news and information. Monday edition of Offsides, right back after this. favorite part of a TV show or movie is the soundtrack, then the Sunday matinee is a dream come true. I'm Ellen Hardy and I'll be there for you every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. to bring you the best of television and movie soundtracks together into three hours of pure awesomeness. So don't you forget about me and the Sunday matinee every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. only here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. RunRadio.com channel 2 coming to you live from the WGLS production studios. I'm Aaron Hook, your host of Offsides here uh, on Mondays in the fall 2023 semester. 5.27 p.m. here in Glassboro. I am joined by Sam Prince and Nick Rizzo here uh, in the production studio. And uh, we got two games tonight, guys. Um, is this the only time this year that there are two? Monday no, night I games? think there's again later in the season. Well, next I week think it's there is. next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Philly goes to Tampa, and the Rams play the Bengals in a matchup of or rematch, I guess, of Super Bowl what fifty six, and so. a matchup between two two and O teams as well. True. The, uh, the surprising two and O Bucks. <laughs> well, we'll see if. Yeah, I mean the Bucks. Uh, you're right. Definitely a surprise there, and uh, with their um win as well yesterday uh, against Chicago and I mean we can talk 
about that a little bit before we get into the Monday night games. I think the bigger storyline to come out of that is obviously Justin Fields in Chicago. And, mm-hmm. But, I mean, for Tampa, yeah, for Baker Mayfield to come in there as, as kind of a guy needing to prove himself, right, former number one pick, but, you know, has kind of garnered a reputation now as someone who um, is maybe not a starting caliber quarterback. But he's come in, and he has proven – the haters wrong and that Tampa defense is is still great so mm-hmm. yeah to be 2-0 and I think for them right now in a, in a south division NFC south that we thought would be up for grabs yeah now I think Tampa has really inserted themselves I'm, right into the midst there and speaking of the NFC south three team two teams are 2-0 and and three teams are undefeated we'll also see the Saints play tonight uh-huh. against the Panthers and I, I think game? at the end uh, I'm not we'll see if the Bucks can really keep this going which I think they will because like you said their defense is elite and Baker Mayfield all he really needs to do is just be serviceable he has two elite weapons Mike Evans Chris Godwin he has a solid running game led by Rashad White if Baker can just be a consistent guy kind of like similar to what we saw in Cleveland a couple of years that he had there then I think the Bucks can definitely keep this up and you know compete with the Saints for that division I mean 26 to 34 317 yards for Baker Mayfield in this game, and yeah, Rashad White has done a nice job so far as that bat that kind of Tampa needed uh, after, you know, they lose Leonard Fournette, and they kind of just needed another element to balance out this offense, and a nice game for White yesterday with a touchdown, Mike Evans with a huge game, 171 yards on six catches um, uh, on eight targets as well, a touchdown for him, Um, yeah, I mean, Tampa defense looked good. Uh, again, obviously Justin Fields has um, some issues that he still needs to iron out. But I think that game kind of segues perfectly into tonight's first game. Like you said, Nick, um, it is a NFC divisional matchup to open up the Monday Night Football slate. So at 7:15, Saints are in um, Carolina to take on the Panthers, and then the Browns head to Pittsburgh at 8:15. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. On Monday night, you get one damn hour later, game yep. two starts. I think that's awesome. But Two Saint, solid divisional games, too. Yeah, true. And and bit states in, in both, obviously, because of the way those divisions have kind of shaken yep. out so far. Um, but New Orleans and Carolina, I, this is an interesting game. I, I think the Panthers obviously um, lost to Atlanta last week, and then New Orleans got kind of a weird win at home against the Titans. It was, mm-hmm. uh, again, a little bit of a, a strange game, low-scoring game. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously you would expect a little bit more out of Derek Carr in this offense mm-hmm. and, you know, a Panthers defense that is going to play them tough. I think this could be another kind of low scoring game, yeah. um, in which, you know, it's kind of that classic divisional game and, you know, it's the little things that are going to determine the winner and Saints looking yet to two and L match Tampa at the top of the division, yep. as well as the Falcons Panthers, they can't slip to Owen two because Yep. If you're on with two and the other three teams are two and zero, then that's recipe for disaster yeah. for the rest of your season, right there. But I I want to see some some more out of the Saints offense tonight. You mentioned, you know, expected a little bit more week one. I I would love to see some Derek Carr over the top to Chris Olave. I mean, it, I I don't personally think Michael Thomas can sustain the workload of a true number one like he used to. I mean, 149 catches in one season. That's just unheard of I mean still holds the record today but kind of use him in the short to intermediate and then you know have Chris Olave be the guy that can kind of take the top over the defense and then you have a strong running game Jamal Williams and uh, Alvin Kamara will be back in a couple of weeks too and you know the the Panthers too they don't really have much to work with on offense Bryce Young doesn't have any really prolific weapons I mean, I guess you could say Adam Thielen is the best out of the bunch, but he's kind of on the tail end of his career now. Interested to see how the Panthers use the running game because, you know, Miles Sanders handled the bulk last week, but Truba Hubbard got majority of the work in uh, passing situations. And so, uh, it's yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. It's going to be a good game. And then same thing with the NFC with the AFC North, excuse me. You know, Cleveland, they, they kind of need to win the night to keep pace with Baltimore because – to me, after two weeks, Baltimore kind of looks like the team to beat, and similar to the Steelers, they can't fall to 0-2 in that division. Yeah, and I think for the Steelers, it was really disappointing. I mean, San Francisco is a great team, but to open up at home and have a team like that coming in your house and 
you know, have an opportunity to play them really tough and, you know, kind of assert yourself. Um, San Fran, I mean, Niners had their way with the, with the Steelers last week. It was, it was pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, they need to bounce back for sure. But you could also say if the Browns win tonight against the Steelers, They'd win two, not only be two and zero, but they went already win two divisional rounds. True, and that's so huge in that division too. Division records could like that's the first that's tiebreaker. Tie yeah, so you you need to have a good division record in these tough divisions. Yeah, to take down the Banals and then uh, potentially the Steelers, and I mean to go on the road tonight and and do it is going to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, in an environment like that, but I, I think Cleveland is the better team there. Uh, Sam, when you think of this NFC South matchup, I think this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, and, you know, being said about Derek Carr and the Saints offense, you want to see them uh, unlock it a little bit more because they obviously have established guys there. But for Carolina, I, I, I'd like to see a nice Bryce Young kind of breakout game in his second career, Dave. He, he wasn't terrible. Two pits in the opener. Um, he only threw for 146 yards, though. I mean, they ran the ball a ton. Um, and Frank Wright, obviously, there was a lot of hype with him coming in over the offseason, getting to work with Bryce Young. I would like to see them kind of, you know, let him air it out a little bit more. I would like to, too. I, you know, if they're going to air it out, why doesn't Adam Thielen get open? Let's have a big Adam Thielen night time. <laughs> well, he's have, old. He's old. I mean, look, you <laughs> can also maybe use Miles Sanders as a pass catcher tonight mm-hmm. and Jebba Herbert. Look, I still think Bryce Young still could be a good quarterback in this league. But back to this matchup tonight. Look, Frank Wright's better coach. I I do think the Saints are going to win. I think the Saints are just a better team. M- middle of the summer, I had some thoughts about this Panthers team, maybe winning seven games. But I don't think that will happen. I think, I just think tonight it's going to be a, a, a low-scoring game. The Saints are going to win by three points, and it's going to be 17-14. to 17-14. So we got an official prediction. I think that's a pretty good one, though. Accurate. It, pretty low-scoring, like probably. Yeah. yeah. Cleveland-Pittsburgh, I think, to be – I mean, th- this is a matchup that historically has just been low-scoring. But Yeah. Um, and Mike Tomlin, by the way, 21-6-1 in his last 28 games against Cleveland. So, wow. has their number. Wow. Of course, most of that comes while Cleveland was right. at the <laughs> bottom of the league, but it's still interesting. I mean, Cleveland has been terrible for all those years, so you do make a good point with that. I, it'll be, I think it'll be like both teams will be in the 20s. If you make an official score prediction, I think the Browns are going to win tonight 28-24. to Yeah, and I mean, obviously, San Francisco, again, in, in the run game, um, did very well against San Francisco or Pittsburgh last week. I want to see the Browns. Yeah, I was like, yeah, also, speaking of the Browns, uh, former WGLS sports member <laughs> is going to definitely watch this. Nick Carlson, <laughs> big Browns fan. Yes, yes. I'm sure he was very pleased in week one. Bid win. Yeah. Um, I think the Browns are going to kind of leave him in the dust because I'm expecting a bounce back from Pittsburgh tonight. I hope Pittsburgh wins personally. Really? Yeah. Well, Browns, are, Browns are two and a half point favorites on the road coming in. I, I'm rooting for Pittsburgh tonight. Okay. All right. So we're thinking what? Tenny, uh, Kenny? Can you pick Kenny, up? T- Kenny two gloves? Kenny small hands? I, uh, I'm, I I also want a big night from Pat Firemouth. Yeah. Penn State? Yeah. Pat, no. Yeah. Frat Firemouth. Fryermuth. What did I say? Frat Pyermuth? Pat Fryermuth. Um Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I think they very sneakily have a, a lot of pretty solid weapons. Pickens, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I love Pickens. Harris. Johnson. I mean, they have Allen Robinson there, who hasn't yeah. been elite in a couple of uh, years, um, but he's still a, a good number three or Do you guys remember he, when he was like the top of the top of oh, wide yeah. receivers with 1,500-yard seasons? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was a beast um, in Jacksonville, too. He's going to have to play a big role, though, because Deontay Johnson just got put on IR today with his uh, right. hamstring injury. Yeah, so, so he, yeah, obviously not going to play tonight. He'll miss the next. He could uh, balls right into that number two role. A few weeks. And, yeah, Frymuth only one catch in week one. So, um, yeah, we'll see how uh, that game shapes out. Should be two very interesting games tonight, um, oh, yeah. honestly. I think they'll both be pretty close to divisional matchups. Yeah, so. I love watching these divisional games. True. Yeah, it, it, you always get the nuances, too, of just, like, the division rivalry and stuff. Yeah. Just feels a little bit more intense. So uh, that's how week two in the NFL will wrap up. But uh, we had a pretty good week in college football as well. And um, I don't know if you guys caught the – Colorado, Colorado I, State. Oh, yes. Um, I did not game. watch it live. I mean, that game was awesome. It was a great game to watch. And Colorado State, I mean, for what it's worth, 
coming in 24-point underdogs. Yeah. They played their butts off. It was a pretty good game. Had Colorado the lead State. late, too. Yeah, and, I mean, Shadur Sanders, again, finds a way late, and, and Colorado stays undefeated, although they do drop um, a spot in the uh, latest AP poll. They move from 18 to 19, and, I mean, 3-0, and okay. The, you know, they have they have a ranked Big 12 road win to start mm-hmm. the year. They beat Nebraska. They beat them bad. Um, that's a Big Ten win. And yep. then they beat their rivals, Colorado State at home. Although some will say the game shouldn't have been that close, but a win's a win. A hey, big game next week. Now the real Why test are we yep. praising Colorado? Now the real – well, I mean, they are 3-0. And they're pretty – You're 3-0 and you – The could, offense looks pretty good. I and mean, that was a tough game against the rival too. You could barely beat Colorado State. You had to come back from 11 points. And you look at the schedule. This team isn't making a bowl game. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're going to make a bowl they, game. Do I don't think they're making – I don't think they're winning three more games. If they you, can't beat Arizona that's or a maybe, Stanford or Arizona State. They can't win those three games. I think, they I think they're going to lose to one of those teams. And also, you had they're to lose know, to Arizona State. You had to know Colorado State was going to come in with fire. Based on just the 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 pregame leading up to the yeah, week, the, the anticipation, and yeah, that comments. Why? I, I I agree. Okay, you look at their schedule: Oregon, Colorado. Well, okay, yeah, they're probably gonna lose. Oregon's taking the W. That's my team, baby. Then they play USC. I mean, that's an L. Arizona State, that's a maybe win. Stanford, maybe win. UCLA. That's a maybe, I think. That's up in the air. No, UCLA's winning that game. I don't think UCLA is like a world beater. Oregon State? That's probably... I don't know. I don't I don't want to predict A lot it. of these games are a coin flip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Colorado is the 19th best team in the oh, country. Oh, they shouldn't even be ranked 19. They'll be like a 25-24 team. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you, I, you're not a fan of Colorado. I, I, no, I love watching them. I think... I think They're averaging 41 points a I game, think Travis dude. Hunter is the most entertaining but he got hurt. college football. He's hurt. That's He's hurt. You, that's where you have a taste. He's yeah, hurt, yeah. and... If he misses his time. I feel like it's the same play on offense. Susan Sanders, he just runs around and tries to find an open man. There's no real play call. Yeah, and that injury is big because he, he's a star on both sides of the ball. So yep. that, that takes a hit on offense and, and defense. And I'm not them. trying to be a hater for, on Deion Sanders. It's just I'm just speaking the facts. Coach Prime. By the way, as an Oregon fan, just quick uh, side note, I, I don't think we've been ranked in the top ten since the Marcus Mariota days. That's so. true. I, really? I, I I can't remember it. Not yeah. even not even with Kayvon Thibodeau. I I don't and think Justin so. Justin Herbert. I don't think we were top ten. Wow. All right. Wow. So nice day to be an Oregon <laughs> fan today. Yeah, Oregon Colorado. That'd be a great game. Um, right number ten in the latest poll, the Ducks. Um, Bo Nitz is is the quarterback there. Um, yes, he is, and he's actually off to a nice start. I mean, obviously, a guy who had Auburn didn't live up to expectations, but yeah, Oregon. Yeah, they're looking pretty good. They are looking pretty good, I'll admit it. Um, and then, obviously, Colorado's going to play USC the week after that, which is going to mm-hmm. be very tough. Yeah. Um, two Heisman uh, favorites, especially in Dion's yep, eyes right yep. there with uh, Shadur and um, well, Caleb Williams. if you guys had to give a Heisman out, personally. It's Caleb Williams. So yeah, I mean, it has to be. It, I, mean, I actually give to Travis too, Hunter. He's too good. I, I Hunter had a case, but now he's going to miss time, no, no, so no. it's going to be tough. If the season ended right now. Well, that's uh, I mean it's a it's a it's fair yeah, but right. they, he's definitely not going to get it now with the injury. No, Caleb Boy has has anyone ever no. won back to back Heisman's? Or? No, not to my belief. That's a great question. Nope, that's a great question. Hey, um, so Caleb Williams could be the first. Let me try and find the answer to that. Back to back. Well, Tebow didn't do it. Uh, Winston didn't do it. No, no. Yeah, you're probably right. No one. I don't think anyone has one back to back. Jeez. <laughs> so cementing his legacy already. So, yeah, that'll uh, that'll certainly be, I I, I think again a, a tough stretch for Colorado coming up. But, um, yeah, to be three and zero, man, and and the atmosphere again was electric there mm-hmm. in Boulder. I mean, with the, all the, um, again, like you said, they kind of extracurriculars going into that game. So, and the beginning of the game was chippy too. Yeah, there was. was almost a full on brawl. Yeah, before before the game even started, right? They were yeah. just walking out. <laughs> and then during too, they like after the play, oh. they someone threw a punch at, at a player, and then the bench is nearly cleared. We have a developing story from ESPN. Okay. About this game, Colorado State DB Henry Blackman has received death threats in the mail 
<laughs> and re- his family has also received threats after a legal hit on yeah. Colorado Star Traps. That, that was that. Yeah, he was the one who made the hit on Hunter Look, after he it, was already out of bounds. Yep. It may not be a clean hit, but you don't give a death threat. Well, no, I mean it's it's not warranted to give death threats um, ever. But yeah, I mean that it's it's a Colorado fan base that is obviously very passionate, and so. Um, that's it's not something that I'll say is is completely shocking to me. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it it was a dirty play. Um, at the end of the day, um, and then I think he was the one on the on the uh, Jimmy Horn touchdown to put Colorado ahead at the end of the game. Uh, he got crossed over by him uh, mm-hmm. on his way to the end zone, so a little bit of of payback there for yeah. for Colorado, but. Yeah, in, in college football this weekend, there weren't many ranked matchups, but this upcoming week, a lot of ranked matchups, so it should be a good week. Yeah, and I, I think Florida State-Clemson is, is an interesting game. Florida State was played close by Boston College this mm-hmm. week. Now they have to go to Clemson, and now Clemson had the loss to Duke to open up the year, but Duke is a good football team. They are. Proving. Clemson, I, I think, could give Florida State a, a little trouble in this game. I don't know. Um, pretty exciting one. Cincinnati making their Big 12 debut, hosting yep. Oklahoma, number 16 in the country. I think OU is an underrated team, honestly. They are. I mm-hmm. think Dylan Gabriel is, is a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. They've um, pretty much dominated their first three games. I mean, you know, they've played SMU and Tulsa the last two weeks um, out of the American, who aren't, you know, fantastic opponents. But they're opponents that, you know, it's it's – not every day you see a team beat them by 40-plus. Um, 66-17 over Tulsa this past weekend for Oklahoma. Um, Miami, Florida, number 20 in the country. They'll be here in Philly this weekend. Taking on Temple, uh, who's off to a 2-1 and one start. Ole Miss in Alabama, number 15, number 13. Yep. That's a big SEC name. If Alabama loses that, they're absolutely done for. They're done. I yeah, think they're, they're already done. done. You I think honest- they're done? Okay, and I know this is a bad reason to say that they're done. I don't think I can name one player on Alabama right now. I don't don't think I can tell you. They're not as star-studded as previous years. And that's just me being a casual, obviously, because, you know, if I was, like, really into college football, I'd be able to tell you. But, you know, for the casual fan. What about uh, Tyler Butcher? Well, I, I recognize that name because he is a transfer from where? I think Notre Dame, right? Yeah. I recognize the name. He's about it. I can't tell you any – like, they don't have the Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. um, you know, Henry Rudd's receiving core, Devontae yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah, like, they just don't have those guys yeah. this year. So, Bama, yeah, bachelor up against the wall. Utah, number 11, taking on UCLA. And that's why college football is going to get very interesting in the coming years because with the new NIL money rule – there's going to be a lot of teams that have an even playing field now. So, And sure. we're seeing it this year. And College football is kind of wide open to me this year. You could also make a case that the transfer portal is also making a better case, too, with NIL deals. Yeah, transfer transfer portal as well. I mean, not, not every guy is going to Alabama or Georgia or Clemson now. If there's opportunity elsewhere, that's usually where they're going to go now. Yeah, I oh. mean, well, look at Colorado. I mean, they've oh, had, yeah. they have to be one of the biggest examples right off the and bat. Yeah. Back to your pick of your conversation I know we're talking about Colorado, but I just want to add something with Alabama. Cornerback, mm-hmm. cool aid. Minsky is going to be in the NFL prospect pool. I uh, I haven't tipped my tongue. I had to look it up for you. So he'll be a star in the NFL draft. Cool aid McKinstry. Um, what is his real name? His real name is Ja Quincy. G-A apostrophe Quincy. So that's a great name in its own right. Yeah. And then he puts cool aid as a nickname. <laughs> cool aid. Um, and he was born in Birmingham, so playing for his hometown team. All right, Kool Aid McKinstry. Uh, is he playing? Is he playing? Yeah, against Ole Miss. All right. Um, is he a fir- is he a first round guy? You yeah, think? he should be. Yeah. All right. So I mean, Bama. Apparently, you know, they've still got the first round corner. Apparently, um, they have, they they'll have a first round pick. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard not to when you're Alabama. I mean, defensively, they've probably got some studs that I just don't know about, but. Um, Couple more ranked matchups. Yeah, Penn State and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State has looked pretty good. I mean, I, I think the first half against Illinois was a little little shaky this past week, but a road game in the Big Ten is not always going to be smooth sailing. Yep. They end up winning by three scores. So 
They're fine. Number seven in the country, Penn State. will host Iowa. That'll be the whiteout game, actually, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to go to a whiteout game. Uh, in Happy Valley. So, why don't you go? I I, I don't want to <laughs> go to Penn State, Well, Iowa. that's Saturday, 730. There's no Rowan football, so you did go. I don't know. All right, we'll see. Um, and then I think the biggest matchup of this weekend is Ohio State-Notre Dame. Sits versus nine. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be such a fun game. Oh, yeah. Such a fun game. Because Notre Dame, for the first time maybe ever, is a team that you actually are going to enjoy watch play offense. Like, they are going to throw the ball a lot. Sam Hartman is, is a dog. Ohio State – um, they've unlocked kind of their offense and, and their past game kind of adjusting going from CJ Stroud last year now to Kyle McCord. Um, and they've really kind of seen him flourish these last couple of weeks through the air. Ohio State again has so many weapons. It seems this like is, every year they do. I feel like we've had this matchup over and over again in the college football playoff. Before. They they played Ohio well, they, they played in the regular season, I think only like two years ago. And this game is going to be in South Bend. So um, I think this is going to be easily the game of, of Saturday. The game and of the that's week. going to be on primetime NBC, yep. everything. Yep, 100%. Yeah, that's going to be a, a fun game. Two teams so. I personally don't like, so it'll be the bitter two Eagles. <laughs> and then uh, Rutgers. What do you know? Just saying. They play Michigan. I think they'll make, they'll make a bowl game. Yeah, Rutgers could make a bowl game. They only need three more wins. So Rutgers is going to make a bowl game, but Colorado isn't. <laughs> look, at, look at the schedule. Call me crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, Rutgers does have to play some pretty tough teams, too. But that's not towards the end of the year. So, 3-0 start for Scarlet Knights. So, I mean, the local teams, count Temple. Yeah. 8-1, not too bad. Um, start of the college football year. So. Not at all. Yeah, week four in college football kicks off on Thursday. All right. Um, got about... 10 minutes or so before we have to do our final break, and then we'll be back for our top five, which I actually have not decided yet, so that'll be done on the fly. Um, probably a consensus top five. We'll come up with it. All right, I like that. Together. Um, yeah, we'll put our, our brain capacities together. Um, but baseball, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. We've got about two weeks yep. left in the regular season, um, and, man, these wild card races are – are 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 something. I mean, the NL wild card is bonkers right now. Um, Phillies have a three and a half game advantage for the top spot. So, you know, they fall to the Cardinals yesterday, and now they have to go into Atlanta. And I always kind of do this with the Phillies fans first, but I mean, it's obviously a huge series. Nick, where is your kind of just? Uh, where's your mind at, I guess, with the Phillies right now? Well, what I need to do is see this team play well against Atlanta this week because we lose three out of four to them last week, which wasn't that encouraging. The offense did play well in that series, but it was mostly just the bullpen that every time the offense would respond to the Braves' firepower, the bullpen would just let it right back up. And the Braves, if we do get that top spot and the Braves close out the one seed in the NL – that's who we're playing in the NLDS if we make it past the wild card round. And obviously, we know what happened last year when we matched up, but you know, I, I just feel like the Braves are a different animal this year and definitely need to see some good baseball played against them heading into the playoffs with them being a potential matchup. I really don't think the top spot is going to be that much of an issue because after the Braves, we have the Mets twice and the Pirates. And you know, obviously, the Mets, they've kind of had our number at times in recent seasons, but I don't think this is really the same Mets team that we were talking about last year, two years ago. And, yeah, the the bottom is a bloodbath, though. The Cubs are starting to falter. They were kind of comfortably in that number two spot, but now they're just hanging on to the final spot tied with Miami. You know, Cincinnati's a half game back. San Fran, two out. I mean, I, I think the Phillies are kind of almost locked into that top spot as long as we don't completely fall apart here. Mm-hmm. And then the last two spots and below is kind of just the bloodbath. Yeah, and, I mean, Miami, <clears throat> one for Phillies fans, a bit of an encouraging sign. They're trying to slow down the Braves a little bit. They swept them over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Marlon scored 36 runs over, this, over the three-game series. 16-2 um, to two win yesterday. 
against Atlanta in Miami. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Marlins have all of a sudden kind of gotten right back into the mix. They're tied with Chicago, as you said, for that final spot. Arizona just a half game ahead of those two. Since he is a game back of Arizona right now, it is madness in the NL wildcard spot. But I think the Phillies, you're right, three games up for that top spot. They're kind of in a spot right now where even if you just go 500 the rest of the way, you could still get that four spot yeah. um, and, and get that home field advantage in that wild card round, which is obviously what they're mainly playing for at this point. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be crazy these, these next couple of weeks. And in the AL, it's it's a bit more straightforward, but, you know, Seattle and game back of Texas for that third spot, Toronto a half game ahead of, of the Rangers. They're locked into the – five seed right now and Tampa has the top wild card it's either going to be them or the Orioles who were only separated by two games in the east Mm -hmm. but then in the west I mean Houston is only a damn and a half up on Texas two and a half ahead of Seattle we could see the entire playoff picture just swap within a a week span the AL is I say I said it was a little bit more straightforward just because there's not there's not as many teams just clustered fighting for that final wild card spot but the pitcher to completely shift Sam like by the end of this week. We can oh, yeah. see a whole new um you know perspective on this AL wild card or playoff pitcher as a whole. We could on the AL wild card you were talking about. You went to NL from AL just making sure where I was listening correctly. Yeah. So for the AL wild card, ultimately I think it's going this is my prediction. I think it's going to be the Rays, the Mariners. And the Rangers. Okay. Even though I think the Rangers have been having their struggles, they're going to just slip on like the last day or two. But also, this is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to come down to the last day for the final standings. Teams are going to be fighting for the last second. Teams are going to be fighting for that playoff spot. And we haven't seen that in a while. Last time we saw that was, I believe, was two years ago in 2021 when, the, when there could have been like a four-way tie for the AL wild card. When it was just one game in 2021. Yeah, I remember that, actually. And it could have been like a four-way tie, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's annoying to get crazy down the stretch. Um, Yeah, man, it's been fun to watch these races kind of um, um, continue on throughout September. And September is always the time where you're scoreboard watching and um, doing all that extra stuff. Um, Mets and Marlins tonight. In Miami, sits 40 p.m. Phillies are in Atlanta at 7:20. Baltimore and Houston, bid matchup, 8:10 p.m. tonight uh, down in the Lone Star State. Um, and then we do have a final in Major League Baseball. Uh, Cleveland fell to Kansas City, sits um, to four. And uh, I, I want to also just get your guys' quick opinion on something that happened over the weekend uh, with Shohei Otani reportedly clearing out his locker after the Angels' loss. Um, uh, this situation just, I think from the Angels' perspective, Nick, is just getting bleaker by the day, man. I mean, I, I don't know what they can do to keep this guy around. And there's been reports of potential destinations now on the East Coast. I think Boston's been brought up as somewhere where he would like to play. And obviously you have the Dodgers that are going to be in the mitts and all the West Coast teams. But, um, yeah, just another kind of um, obstacle for – for the Angels in this whole Otani saga, it was just a, it's just kind of a weird occurrence, right? For someone to just yeah. to clean out their locker after a, a pretty average loss. Yeah, this is this is not good for the Angels. Shohei Otani is obviously leaving the organization, and now reports starting to come out too that the Angels are willing to trade Mike Trout as well. So we could be looking at a full blown rebuild here for the Angels, and you know it's. Shohei, he eventually just said, okay, I'm not putting any more effort into this team this year. We're out of the race. You know, I have, I'm injured. I may need Tommy John surgery. You know, let me just get a head start on that before my free agency. And, you know, I I, kind of do respect the Angels for going all in on this season because you have two of the best players in baseball and perhaps the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. And so you definitely want to try to do your best and maximize those talents but you know it just didn't work out for them but and yeah the Shohei Otani situation not good for the Angels Nick to piggyback off your point why would anyone ever want to play for the Angels why I mean seriously you had though. two of the top three best play baseball players 
and you couldn't even win a playoff game. And you couldn't even make the playoffs. And you yeah. also sign a few years back Anthony Rendon. And How's ev- that ever since out? he's been at the Angels, his career has absolutely plummeted. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a curse or what, but, I mean, they, they need to start doing something, some re, some retooling. Yeah, the stat I always like to bring up is Mike Trout has 12 career postseason at-bats. He's played in three games. It's unreal. And he only has one. Po- I mean, Mike Trout hasn't had a playoff win. If he, which I don't think he will, because there's been rumors the last couple of years, and there's been rumors again of him wanting to leave. He will never get traded. How do you know that though? Phillies, have, the Phillies have done some, have pulled some pretty blockbuster moves the last couple and of years. If he goes to, oh my gosh, if he goes to the Phillies, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I it would be the oh my god. Brandon Marsh, Andrew Painter, and another <laughs> prospect See for ya. Mike Trout. See ya. Well. <laughs> That that would legitimately be one of the greatest baseball teams of all time. It would have to be. Yeah, I mean, you probably have the two best players of the last ten years. Ten years. Well, yeah, the last half decade. Yeah, you have Bryce Trout Harper and Harper. And tr- Remember that argument for years was Trout or Harper. I was always siding with Trout, but now it's close. I, 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 yeah. It might even be Harper at this point. I honestly, always sided I with Trout, too, and I think I he was guy. always the better player. But these past few three, four years, I think Harper's overtaken him for sure. I mean, this year Harper has clearly been better. Yeah, I mean, no, career overall, I would probably still lean Trout. Still? I would probably still lean Trout, Trout for top career. player of all time. Yeah, well. No, I'm saying, like, career-wise, I would lean Trout over Harper. Like, yeah. r- right now, it's obviously Harper. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. So I thought you were saying something else for a second. And I, I also think the Angels are kind of, like, aware of the situation here. I don't think they're going to sit any longer and waste Mike Trout's career. I think they I don't know. They already wasted his career so far. You never know if it's already Molino I think they kind of have their eyes open and they're like, "Okay, Shohei Otani's leaving. We're we're not going anywhere anytime soon. But Let's it, just get assets for Trout." Isn't that crazy that I mean, well, I mean, I, I don't know. What's the reason they brought in Otani in the first place? Do you have Mike to Trout? help to, to help Trout win you and pair also them together. That was the whole thing, right? And rumors? it failed. And it, it failed already. Five years also, in, and it's done. Weren't there rumors that Artie without Mil- a playoff appearance? Wasn't there rumors that Artie Molina was going to sell this organization? Yeah, I know, but I don't think that's going to happen now. They can't. So, yeah, we'll see about uh, Mr. Trout, the uh, South Jersey native, born in yep. Byron, the Millville Meteor they call him. So, uh, we'll see if he wants to come back home potentially um, to Philly. So, anyway, uh, we're going to take a break. Be back for our top five. Here on Offsides on this Monday. Uh, but first, I'll tell you that on Sunday mornings from 10 to... Let's do it again. On Sunday mornings from 10 till noon, you can join Rowan Radio for the classic... The Sunday classical brunch. I'm so sorry. Tune in as your host, Julia Tanter, brings you the sweet sounds of classical music. Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, and more are just waiting for you this weekend for the Sunday Classical Brunch starting at 10 a.m. only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can also listen online at rowanradio.com. That is the Sunday Classical Brunch, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., right before football. If you want to get, if you, want to get you know, jacked up for football, man, you can go listen to some classical music here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. All right, offsides. Here in Glassboro, top five when we get back. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. 
A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. My pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. On Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. A little abrupt end. <laughs> we were jamming out there. A little throwback. Can't hold us. Michael Moore, back in the day, man. Man, it used to get me going. But anyway, <laughs> we're here on this Monday evening, 6 to 4 p.m. in Glassboro. Sam Prince, Nick Rizzo joining me, Aaron Hook, here for the Monday edition of Offsides. You can catch Offsides Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays throughout the fall semester. Uh, but, guys, we are into our top five segment, and uh, it seems like this is kind of an annual one or even, you know, a few times throughout the season, we like to uh, pull this one out. But it's a, it's a bit of an interesting kind of update for all of us. And after week two is going to wrap up tonight, we're, we're at this point going to give you our top five teams in the NFL right now. We came to the discretion that midst of right net expectations for the teams coming in and just how they performed as well as obviously talent if there have been injuries in places. It's just going to be, in our opinion, the top five best teams in the league right now. So, who wants to start? All right, I'll start off. So, I- I'm kind of making an on-the-fly decision right yeah, now. Yeah, I think we all are. That yeah, we are. I-, I think Kansas City needs to be in the top five still. Yes. I mean, obviously, it's been a rocky start for them. The offense doesn't look great, but, you know, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones coming on the scene a little late this year, just played their first game but- on Sunday. And so, you know, once they get rolling, I think they're still going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. They're at number five. That's no, fair. Number four, this is, a, this is a big debate for me, but I'm going with the Miami Dolphins at number four, edging the Baltimore Ravens. So the Ravens won't be in my top five. I think Baltimore, or yeah, Baltimore has had a little too many injuries for my liking so far this year. The Dolphins, they'll have Jalen Ramsey coming back to that defense eventually, who's looked good this season. And, of course, the offense is perhaps one of the most explosive in the league. And so Miami at number four. Number three, I have the Eagles. Okay. Uh, I haven't looked great in their two wins, but nonetheless, a 2-0 start. As I mentioned earlier, you know, just try to iron out the edges early in the season while we have some, you know, some – a bit easier opponents compared to the middle of the season when we face Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas, all them. So, you know, just iron out those edges I think will be fine by mid to late season. Number two, I have Dallas. I mean, there's just no denying it. They've looked absolutely fantastic in their first two games, offense and defense. So they're looking like they could be a serious contender this year. And number one, San Francisco. I mean, uh, winning a tough divisional game yesterday against the Rams – you know, the Rams came to play, and the 49ers, they had all the answers in the second half. And, you know, so San Francisco, best roster, in my opinion, in the NFL, and they've shown it the past two weeks. I have a feeling the three of us are going to have very similar we, lists. We will, and my top five will not be including the NC Chiefs. Okay. But I do think they are still the team to beat in the AFC, but they're not a top five team in the Just NFL. Just like at this moment. At yeah. this moment, number five, the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Number four, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. And number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers are the team to beat in the NFL. They have the most talented roster in the NFL, and the, there are no holes on that roster. So I want to ask, 
Why do you put the Eagles at this point over Dallas? Because the Eagles have played tougher opponents than Dallas. I mean, the Dallas, the, the, the Cowboys have literally played the Giants and a Zach Wilson-led Jets team. I mean, let's not overreact to this Cowboys win against the Jets. I mean, they didn't look that great, in my opinion. And, I mean, you know, the Jets have Zach Wilson, at quarterback. But, I mean, they're still outscoring their opponents 70-10 to 10 first two weeks. I mean, I just – I don't see a world right now where the Eagles are over Dallas at this moment. But I think in the long run, I think the Eagles will eventually – you know, be more primed to play in the postseason than Dallas. Yeah, no, I can get behind that. Um, my list very similar. Went Miami at five, Chiefs at four, Eagles three, Dallas two, and San Francisco one. I think pretty straightforward there. I left Baltimore out. Um, same reasons you, Nick. I, I think it's a team that deals with injuries every year, and mm-hmm. and and you never really. Know. I mean, they just haven't had a ton of playoff success recently. So yeah. You just never know, like, how much stock to take into these, you know, good starts that they usually get off to. So, mm-hmm. All right. 2-0 for the Ravens, though, at the top of the NFC – or AFC North. Um, and that's our top five here on Offsides. The Monday edition, 6 8 p.m. in Glassburg, and to wrap things up here. Thank you to Sam Prince and Nick Rizzo, two guys feeling good after this football weekend. Me, not so much. But I'll be back next Monday. Um yeah, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays for offsides this fall um, with Jack Miller, our sports director, hosting on Wednesdays and Josh Counts hosting on Fridays. All right, we'll see you next time, everybody. Have a great rest of your Monday. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.